Welcome, everybody. My name is Harris, and we're so happy you joined us for another episode of Getting Into Good Trouble, where we talk about struggles to teach you the trouble. What's your ideal party space? A friend's house, a dance floor, or maybe a basement? What about the White House? For thousands of Sri Lankans, that was the reality. Former President Rajapaksa's palace. In March of 2022, a horde of disgruntled protesters stormed the empty palace of their leader and began the party. Thousands of angry Sri Lankans stampeded through the gates of the uninhabited palace with no resistance, jumping into his pool, working out in his home gym, or cooking food on his grill. You may have seen videos of this on Instagram, the news, or from a friend, and might have wondered, what went wrong? To answer that question, we interviewed Megan Gallagher, an expert in emerging economies and foreign affairs studying in the United Kingdom. Sri Lanka, if you don't already know, is a small island off the coast of India with a population of around 23 million. Rich with culture, wants food, and most importantly, corruption. It also doesn't have much natural oil. But we'll get back to that later. This protest stemmed from various issues, such as pandemic recovery, economic mismanagement, and an ability to satisfy their debts. The fault began in 2009 in a post-civil-war Sri Lanka. The country chose to provide its goods and services internally, meaning that they spread its products throughout the domestic market as opposed to expanding its reach far away from home. This led to an unstable income from exportation alongside silently increasing import prices. Do you think it was reasonable for Sri Lanka to favor autonomy over strengthening foreign trade bonds? So a little background on the Sri Lankan civil war, which lasted from 1983 to 2009. So at this point in Sri Lanka's history, there were two main cultural groups, although there were a lot. So that being the Tamil and the Sinhala. So the Sinhala were the dominant culture group outweighing the Tamil in the government and in the state. And they severely discriminated against the Tamil people. This eventually reached a boiling point where the Liberation Tigers of Tamil Elam, a freedom fighter group of the Tamil, sought to fight an insurgency against the government and create their own independent state. This war was very violent, with the Tamil woman being raped. There were Tamil pogroms, which if you don't know are like mass homicides of the Tamil people, or genocides rather. Um, yeah, this this war lasted for a very long time, all the way to 2009, where the UN estimated between 80,000 and 100,000 civilian deaths. So this war was very tense and very catastrophic to the Sri Lankan state. Um, and by Sri Lanka not investing into their foreign trade bonds, they set themselves up for failure. Any recovering country should seek help from their allies because, one, that strengthens your bonds with your allies but that also helps relieve pressure from yourself and lets you recover your federal reserves. So Sri Lanka shot themselves in the foot by not seeking help. What uh, I don't know what Harris says. If they try to rebuild, they can't really focus on themselves and they're just going to collapse inward if they keep on doing this. Honestly, I don't blame them. They did just come out of a civil war that caused so many casualties and destruction of property but I think it was very irresponsible for the government not to invest into outside trades. And I believe that is the reason why they're in the position they are today of almost country collapse. Well, in my opinion, I believe they should have balanced it more and try not to you know, completely disregard one. Also, they might have considered maybe strengthening their economy first and then moving to autonomy. Back to the overview. Following the civil war, Sri Lanka has poured tons of resources into their state sector. They've dedicated lots of money to rebuild a robust military, hefty social welfare programs, and a complicated sequence of post-war reconstruction protocols. However, as economic growth lagged, 
Sri Lanka began asking for international loans. These lavish spending habits burned through the country's money, and Sri Lanka began to depend on these loans. The problems began, and the bills started piling up. In our interview with Megan Gallagher, she shared her opinion on this dilemma. So I think that's been one of the big problems, combining with all of those factors of displacement of when you when you put capital gains and businesses and infrastructure when you make those your top priority it's going to hurt the people and the people are going to get upset since the beginning of the 2010s environmental awareness has spread to all corners of social media the government and the companies and the people that take part to participate in this green revolution sri lanka suddenly banned all chemical fertilizers this led to widespread crop failure food shortage and outrage among the population So do you think the ban on chemical fertilizers was justified? Listen, I understand that the government wanted to spread a positive image of their country and promote environmental awareness. However, the government has to think ahead and really ponder the effect that it will have. It is more important for the government to have enough food for your people than to cut off just one of the many contributors to environmental damage. No, I don't think that the ban on chemical fertilizers was justified. Sri Lanka's primary industries are in the milk powder and tea businesses. And by completely eliminating their primary sources of production, the industries would take a big hit to an already fragile economy. The beginning of the end started at the height of the pandemic, early 2020. Before the lockdown, Sri Lanka boasted a robust tourist industry, which occupied a large chunk of their net income. Like most countries, the pandemic forced Sri Lanka to close its borders, ultimately impeding its tourism industry. Combined with a series of bomb stress from Easter 2019, this eventually killed the tourism market completely. We learned a lot about this topic from our interview with Miss Gallagher. You know, Sri Lanka, one of their big industries is tourism. So during the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, that's going to cause a huge amount of crisis because that's one of their yeah. big moneymakers. As stated earlier, Sri Lanka does not have many natural oil deposits. With a growing population and economy, you need heaps of oil to fuel public transportation and industrial processes that your country needs to continue growing. After Vladimir Putin's assault on Ukraine, oil prices skyrocketed beyond what Sri Lanka could afford. Their lack of money and oil made public transportation impossible. How would an absence of public transportation, cars, and vehicles in general have on America? If cars aren't an option, public transportation helps keep the working population present and prepared for their jobs. It allows them to save money while sustainably and easily traversing their cities. Without buses, subways, and jobs that involve driving, our grocery stores, offices, and schools would be empty. It would be impossible to get to far places on time. It would suppress so many opportunities and experiences, and it would overall be horrible for the community. So we build our entire economy and our systems around being able to transport things and also people from area to area. We are not condensed together, but far apart. Without transportation or without people around us, we wouldn't be able to get anywhere or do anything. Our entire economy is built around having vehicles and having public transportation accessible and easy to use for all. And without that, our country would just fall apart. The world's economy took a massive hit from the pandemic, setting Sri Lanka's sinking ship on fire. Sri Lanka had just realized that its government spending surpassed its GDP. Their GDP is the amount of money they could really make this year. So if Sri Lanka plans to fix this, it'll need to cut down on its dwindling resources. People have gotten angry that Sri Lanka has essentially hit economic rock bottom. 
like really angry. Citizens rioting in the streets over lack of food, oil, medicine, clean water, and almost every other human necessity. So how would you respond if you're a Sri Lankan? Personally, I think there are two ends of the spectrum. They're the people who kind of just sit at their homes and wait it out. They don't exactly change the future and they are just waiting for a better one. Then on the other end, there are the people who are more like activists. They're the people who rush the palace and they are striving for change. I agree with Christian. I don't think I'd be making myself comfortable in President Rajapaksa's palace, but I would definitely want to make my voice heard. I wouldn't riot in the streets, but I would definitely assist in the protests of food, oil, and medicine. If I lived in Sri Lanka, I would be furious with the government at this point. The constant mismanagement of the economy would absolutely enrage me. You can only let it slide for so long, and with the amount that Sri Lankan people have had to overcome, I completely understand why the protests are so colossal. In March of 2022, Sri Lanka imposed a curfew and restricted social media access to its citizens. If you were to violate either, the government had the freedom to do whatever it pleased. However, this contradicts the Sri Lankan constitution, stirring the pot even more. To put the nail in the coffin, in May of 2022, for the first time ever, Sri Lanka failed to make an interest payment on their foreign debts. At this point, Sri Lanka is in the midst of an economic collapse. Inflation has swollen to over 50%, and they've begun to ask Qatar and Russia for discounted oil prices to help them recover. However, their reputation with international loans had tarnished their other countries' trust in them. To help answer this, Megan Gallagher provided some very interesting insights and thoughts. It'll kill them to repay the debt, but it won't kill you know, the countries who gave it to not get it back. It's definitely interesting to think about because I think the people, the citizens are the ones who are getting the brunt of all of it. On July 13th, 2022, it was confirmed that Sri Lankan President Gotabaya Rajapaksa fled the country due to increasingly violent protests. Protesters occupied the presidential house and refused to leave until the president and prime minister resigned. Some protesters even set the prime minister's house on fire. Hours after his resignation, the government declared a state of emergency. These protests came from across the political spectrum, united over one goal, to overthrow the government and his cabinet. Any country cannot exist without a leader. Due to Rajapaksa and his cabinet's swift resignment, parliament needed to respond quickly. Enter Prime Minister Ranil, enter Prime Minister Ranil Wickremesinghe, who despite his dislike among the population, was re-elected for the sixth time as the new leader. In response to the violent lashings to the last supreme leader, the government voted to emasculate the powers of a leader in Sri Lanka. This situation as a whole has completely ruined any whisper of prosperity in Sri Lanka. How do you think their future looks as a country? What could they do to combat this? Sri Lanka is in deep They're knee-deep in debt, with their biggest industries being in shambles and their oil reserves looking like the U.S. just finished an invasion. To recover from this, they need to accept help from the World Bank, UNF, and the UN. Since their debt has exceeded their GDP so greatly, a good chunk of it would need to be excused by other countries. Excusing the debt of Sri Lanka would result in major losses for other countries, but Sri Lanka needs to be pulled out of the rough if they want to continue to exist. We would also like to give a special thank you to Megan Gallagher. Her teachings helped us learn so much about the topic at hand and was a major help in finishing and producing this podcast. Thank you.